Hi, everyone. Welcome to another episode of The PayPod. I'm Liz Dempsey, Lead of Event Communications and Content at Payments Canada, and I'll be your host today. It would be an understatement to say we are thrilled that the fall economic statement proposed amendments to the Canadian Payments Act. Payments Canada and the ecosystem have been very public about the need for this change for quite some time, and it's amazing to see all of our hard work pay off. Joining me today is my colleague and driving force behind this huge amount of work, Lisa Sattler, Senior Advisor of Policy at Payments Canada. Thanks, Liz. I was once the host of a PayPod episode, so it's nice to be on the receiving end of these questions today. That's right, Lisa. I promise to go easy on you, but not too easy. So let's jump right into the questions. Um, I'll start with a quick overview question. What amendments did Payments Canada ask for in the CP Act and why? Sure, Liz. So our legislation, uh, the legislation that created Payments Canada, was established in the early 1980s. So along with our governance, our mandate, it also sets out who's eligible to be a member of Payments Canada. Those membership provisions in our legislation haven't changed in over 20 years. Since that time, payments have evolved significantly. We need to expand membership to accommodate the changing ecosystem. Only Payments Canada members, as per the legislation, can participate on our systems. And there was interest in participation from three key groups. Credit unions, payment service providers, and operators of other financial market infrastructures. So why, really, greater participation can improve competition, increase innovation, and choice for Canadian consumers and businesses. Thanks, Lisa. That tees everything up and covers the why. But I want to ask you about the why now. Efforts to amend the CP Act to include broader access significantly ramped up in the past year or so, creating a sense of urgency. Why was that? Yeah, so it's it's two things, I think. It's, it's our modernized payment systems, and it's the introduction of the Retail Payments Activities Act. So right after the fall economic statement, the government published final uh, regulations for the Retail Payments Activities Act, or the RPAA was a huge step for modern payments because it, it seeks to protect consumers by regulating the, the payment service providers in Canada. So there's requirements around safeguarding of funds, managing operational risks, for example. When this changes to our legislation happen and our membership expands, only PSPs, payment service providers, who are regulated by the RPA will be eligible for Payments Canada membership and can be considered then for system participation. So right now, we operate two systems, LINCS for our high-value transactions, and the Automated Clearing and Settlement System, or ACSS, which is known as our retail batch system. Think of LINCS as high-value, low-volume, and ACSS as low-value but higher-volume. We are also working on an entirely new payment system, the Real-Time Rail which will exchange, clear, and settle account-to-account payments in seconds, 24-7, 365 days a year. The RTR will open up a whole new world of instant payments. So why now? Well, with our journey to modernize our payment systems, there has been increased interest in access to our system. 
Credit unions and PSPs are interested in more flexible access options to the RTR, and FMIs are interested in our link system. Great explanation, Lisa. I'm definitely feeling the sense of urgency, but also a little intimidated by how much work still needs to be done. It feels like a lot. Perfect segue into my next question. So now what? There's a lot of work for us now, so we really need to focus on examining our bylaws and rules. In terms of our own process to assess consequential changes to those rules and bylaws, we're in the process of assessing the details of the legislation that was recently introduced into Parliament for first reading. Then, based on the extent and nature of the possible changes to our legal framework, we'll determine if a consultation is needed. So it could be public, it could be targeted. Uh, Following this consultation, if there are bylaw changes, we have to go through the regulatory approval process, including drafting with the Department of Justice, Canada Gazette publication. Um, And those things can be a little unpredictable in terms of the timing, particularly if there's an election. But we'll be doing our best to ensure that our bylaw and rule timelines are coordinated with the RPA implementation timelines. After this work, Credit unions, PSPs, and FMIs could be eligible to become members of Payments Canada. Once they become a member, our various system bylaws set out who is eligible to access a given system and how. The Bank of Canada also plays a very important role assessing who can have access to a settlement account for a given system. Of course, all this depends on the passage of our legislative changes through Parliament and it receiving royal assent. So we're watching that very closely. One last question about the bylaw, Lisa. This is also interesting. What do you take into consideration when drafting such an important piece of policy? This bylaw will be the foundation for years to come, and it's highly specialized work. What are your biggest considerations? It's really just a careful balance of our public policy objectives, and that's safety, soundness, and efficiency of our systems. So, of course, we're also mandated to take into account the interests of users and need to consider the Bank of Canada's oversight expectations for our systems, including fair and open risk-based access policies. Really, we want to offer participants flexible access options Each system serves a different purpose, so we need to take into consideration how each group will use the various systems and which system might be most relevant to each group. So, for example, we anticipate there'll be a high interest in the RTR from PSPs, especially on the exchange portion. FMIs, for example, typically deal with high-value payments as well. Links is appealing to them. By understanding the needs of these new membership categories, we can create policy that meets their needs and makes it appealing to become a member in Payments Canada. Lisa, what an incredible accomplishment for not just Payments Canada, but for the entire payment ecosystem. I'd love to say the pressure's off, but it sounds more like the work is only just beginning. Hopefully we can have you back for another update. Of course, Liz, anytime. Just before we go, make sure to stay connected to all things payments by visiting our website, payments.ca, and signing up for our newsletter, The Exchange. And be sure to visit thesummit.ca for the latest announcements about the summit, our annual payment conference happening May 29th to 31st, 2024 in Toronto. 
I'm Liz Dempsey. Thanks for joining us for this episode of The PayPod. 